Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. It's a post-Thanksgiving, fat-pants-wearing, detox episode of the Chad and Cheese Podcast. HR's most dangerous and most gluttonous. I'm Joel Cheeseman. And I'm Chad. No trip to fans, wash. On this week's episode, Amazon gets into the job board game. LinkedIn takes on Snapchat. And it ain't cool being no jive turkey on Thanksgiving. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this message from Canvas and go Bucks. Canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform, empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text and so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center while CanvasBot is at your side adding automation to your workflow. Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy and are laser focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io and in 20 minutes, we'll show you how to text, at the speed of talent. That's gocanvas.io. Get ready to text at the speed of talent. Text at the speed of talent. <laughs> oh, happy, happy post Thanksgiving, Black Friday, week of the plague in my house. Uh, welcome back. Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday, yes. Uh, any deals on your. Uh, in your crosshairs for today? Yeah, not yet. I'll I'll check it out. I'm I'm not really the shopper in this whole group, but I, I I think I'm probably an online shopper more than anything else. I just human beings just piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for warming things up there. So much. <laughs> I'm getting all warm and fuzzy with the Thanksgiving, and uh, you pull out the I hate human beings. Happy right. holidays. Happy holidays. Stupid you have to love Christmas though, right? I'm one of those one of those individuals when you shop, you know exactly what you're going to go after and you go in, I'm on a mission, I know what my objective is, I knock that out, I'm in, I'm out, I'm back home. Uh not waiting in lines, not looking through the sale rack, not doing all that happy shit. So, you know, I I, I know what I'm good at and and shopping's not that. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just, uh, I don't know what you meant by I'm not the shopper of the group. Like <laughs> reputation as being some shopaholic. I think, I think you're the shopper. I have a 20 month old dude. My ventures outside the house are pretty re- relegated to uh, survival activities. <laughs> Which means if you had a chance to go shopping right now, you would take it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, just, you know, on a personal note, you know, this last week was really rough on the Cheeseman household. We had 
stomach flu going around. Plague. We had we had vomit and we had all kinds of stuff going on. Like it was just a bad time. We we were supposed to go to Canada for the holiday. Uh, that got canceled. So we were we were we had pork chops for dinner on Thanksgiving. Like we've pretty much guaranteed that our Christmas will be drama free and fantastic because we paid the price for Thanksgiving. Yeah. If you set those expectations, uh, okay, let's just hope everything goes well. <laughs> everything has to go well. It has to go well. It has to go better than Thanksgiving. Yes. The The silver lining was uh, I was able to watch the Ohio State Buckeyes just dismantle the mighty uh, Michigan Wolverines, formerly number four ranked in the country. So normally when we go to Canada, it's a big thing to like, you know, the family's here, don't watch the game, like, you know, be cool it and stuff. So the one silver lining was I did get to watch the Buckeyes just whoop some ass this weekend. Yeah, well, that's going to start out shout outs uh, with uh, Penny Queller over at Monster. Uh, that team up north sucks, Penny. Again, Buckeyes, baby. Harbaugh, dude, that his life, I mean, is he, he's got to be in the NFL. Like, he, he has to hate just being manhandled by Urban Meyer every year. <laughs> it's just sad. But, yeah, that was good. Um, all right. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll shout out to uh, Sarah Holden, yeah. our buddy. Up in, uh, we're speaking of Canada. Sarah Holden uh, works for New View, or however we pronounce it, um, and recently got a master's uh, in arts, I think. I'm not sure how the, the Canada collegiate system works. But, yeah, it looks like she got a master's degree and posted that online. Sarah, good for you, man. Keep uh, keep on keeping on. Master's in badassery. Um, I like to keep with my football theme. And thank God the Eagles beat the Giants last night because poor Ed from Philly is about ready to have an aneurysm. Well, I've got Carson Wentz on one of my fantasy squads, and he's had some pretty bad, crappy weeks back to back. So, go ahead on Philly. Uh, they're not going to make the playoffs, and Carson Wentz is sucking. But yeah, good for you. You beat the Giants. Way to go. <laughs> my Browns went down to Cincinnati this weekend and totally just ripped up. You know, it's the Bengals, but the Bengals have owned them for the last 20 years. So yep. it was kind of refreshing. And my wife, my wife noted that I'm warming up a little bit to Mr. Baker Mayfield. Well, you have to. I mean, they've won four times as many games as they had last year. I mean, you've got to look for some beacon of hope, for goodness sakes. Look. I like the kid's style. You know, he's got some some chutzpah. He's accurate. You know, I just I'm really concerned uh, that it's going to snow and the wind's going to blow on the lake and it's going to be December and he's not going to be able to do it. So we shall see. We shall see. That being said, getting out of football and getting into more shout outs, uh, shout out to Stephen and Faith Rothberg. Uh, they have a college recruiting AI boot camp going on at the Googleplex. Um, if you want to go, uh, again, it's about college recruiting and they're talking about AI and how that all obviously all fits into, into college recruiting. Just go to Google, go figure, and Google college recruiting AI boot camp and it's free. So if you're in that area, shit, you should be going anyway. Yeah. By the way, did we bring up the uh, the LinkedIn faux pas by you when you thought Faith was Louise? <laughs> and 
you commented as if it was faith and it wasn't. Have we talked about that yet? Because that was kind of kind of a big boner, brain boner by you. Uh, dude, that was hilarious. First off, I was on mobile. Okay. So the pictures were much smaller and I could see it was a redhead. Yeah. So base a redhead. Louise is a redhead. So Louise, um, my bad. You know, I love you. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually tagged faith in a comment on something that Louise had, had put out there. So yeah, my, my bad. I had two great looking redheads. It sounds like you're saying all redheads look the same. It was a very small picture and they were both redheads and I, I got confused. I think you're in dangerous territory. I think you're <laughs> dangerous. Although I think redheads is probably the only group of people that you can say that and they don't get offended. I could be wrong. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, shout out for me. I, I wrote uh, five things I'm thankful for, which is one of the, you know, you just got to write that post for every holiday. By the way, I'm excited about our year end uh, shows and our prediction shows, which are always yes. time of year, which we will do. So I had five things. I won't mention all of them, but um, in one of my first shout out here, I'm going to shout out to the arms race. Um, the arms race has been very good for our business. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been good for podcasting and blogging. Um, you know, the moment the moment Microsoft dropped 26 billion big ones on LinkedIn, uh, it got Google's attention. It got Facebook's attention. It upped everyone's game on the Indeed ZipRecruiter monster scale. Um, it maybe brought in Amazon, which we'll talk about here in a second. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the arms race has been very good. I'm very thankful that uh, Microsoft wrote a check because it's made our industry and talking about it much more entertaining. Yes. Yeah, you are correct. Shout out to your favorite VR headsets. Yes. That's right, baby. This holiday season, everyone is looking for gifts and VR is now back in style. We're seeing these damn commercials all over the place, but yeah. I did see a really cool immersion first person movie i watched the trailer it was actually it's it's a rob a robert rodriguez movie it's called the limit and it's got norman reedus from the walking dead and michelle rodriguez from a a ton of halfway decent movies uh but uh but yeah dude this looks really cool and they're trying to we were talking about vr and how it could prospectively make it to to mainstream and i watched this video and i'm like oh dude this trailer i'm like dude this is awesome and then you get to the end of the trailer and they show the person with the thing on their face i'm like no fuck that i'm not doing that (laughs) dude i have to watch is this a commercial is this a trailer yeah, it's a trailer. I'll send it to you. All right. Are you actually coming around to VR now? No, I think I just I think I just made it fairly clear. I'm not going to look like that idiot on that Geico commercial who is waving one way and pushing. You mentioned the commercials, right? Like there's their Oculus has a huge campaign uh, yep. here in the States. I don't know about the rest of the world, but they have like Jonah Hill, Leslie Jones from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. The dude from Maroon 5. Like they have stars that are have VR headsets. They're like at fret at court side at the Lakers game or they're with are like in the movie. So Oculus is making a good faith effort to get VR mainstream. So what you're saying is that that whole convert, that whole diatribe was sarcasm by you and you're totally not into VR. Yes. <laughs> you're going to come around my friend. I'm telling you, I don't own one of these things, but I'm, I'm closer now to buying one than I ever have. Yeah. 
the immersion is so cool, but being immersed with that thing on your head, I just, I, I just can't bring myself to do it. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. But if you, if you want to check this out, it's called The Limit. Just go to just go to uh, YouTube, uh, look for The Limit. And again, it's a Robert Rodriguez film, the guy who did Sin City from Dust Till Dawn, Grindhouse, Machete, those guys. And yeah, it's a it's a first person type of type of immersion film. It's pretty cool. All right. All right. Cool. So obviously, like anything online, it's going to take porn to take it over the line. So I'm I'm sure that we're going to start seeing, not me personally, but I think the industry as a whole will, the world will start seeing VR porn and we'll see if this thing really has legs or not. I'm not sure legs is the right word, but anyway, (laughs) this might be my last shout out. Uh, In my thankful, my thankful five, uh, I had the economy. Um, You, you and I know that when the economy is good, this industry is good, right? Money flows, people get hired, which means more readers and listeners, and it, the, it just snowballs from there. But when the economy sucks, it's really not great. So this year has been a on-fire economy, which means that has been a good thing. Now, I will say that there are little buds of depression that I think are sprouting, starting with the stock market, uh, which tends to be a leading indicator with, you know, the world is ending. Um, It's been a bad month for the stock market. And I fear that the tariff wars, uh, the gridlock in Washington, uh, Russia's firing guns on Croatia or somebody like, you know, I'm a little bit worried about 2019. But we're talking about 2018, and I'm thankful for uh, the fantastic economy that we have enjoyed in our business. Let's talk about Jive Turkeys. Jive Turkeys. Because trading place is my favorite line. It ain't cool being no Jive Turkey so close to Thanksgiving. So ERE, I wrote a post. Uh, people love these kind of posts. Uh, top my, my top three Jive Turkeys uh, from 2018. Um, I can mention them. You can comment or disagree or whatever. Uh, so my, my first Turkey for the year was indeed to me, that's obvious. Uh, they, you know, they've said no to, they said no to Google. They've blocked staffing companies. They don't like your talent, you know, talent, uh, uh talent market. Uh, they bought weird companies like resume.com. They went to Canada to block apparently zip recruiters moved to buy a workopolis, uh, the glass door thing is kind of confusing to me. They've been real defensive. They've been real reactionary. For their sake, I hope you know they clear things up and become more proactive and positive in 2019. But for 2018, man, they've been a big turkey. Yeah. And sticking it to staffing firms and uh, anything that you can call a talent network to black marks, right? On, on what they've done in 2018. And, and the thing that comes down to indeed they just don't care you know they're going to make the moves that they want to make and they're going to try to force other segments of the industry to do what they want them to do and uh we're gonna hate you for that it's immense hubris um it's they think they're on top and they arguably are um i mean it was also a huge year for the revenues for headcount for you know real estate holdings like all that stuff trended very nicely for them this year yeah. uh, but we've seen this we saw this with monster there was a hubris you know we're at the top of the mountain we're not coming down uh and we're gonna make the rules and you're gonna follow them or get run over 
And um, that's kind of their mentality this year. Um, I think Google has been a real wake up for them. Um, and I think that they can't deny that that's been a huge hit on their business. But overall, I think they feel pretty good about about themselves. I guarantee they do. <laughs> Uh, my second jive turkey that I had, uh, which is pretty obvious, um, a four month, four month report by aim group, who, by the way, if you're not, uh, if you're not at aimgroup.com looking at the news, uh, everything classifieds, they're probably the foremost, uh, reporting arm for international, uh, job board, uh, everything classified. But anyway, they did a, a four-month investigative report on a site called startjobs.net uh, and their their other site, online resume something, uh, online resume help. Or, or I don't know what it was. Anyway, uh, they were using ZipRecruiter jobs, which by the way, you reached out and I don't know mm-hmm. if you have any information on that, but they were using sort of ZipRecruiter backfill. Uh, was it ZipRecruiter or Talru? Uh, jobs careers. Jobs yeah. Career. And like several streams of uh, different organizations. Yeah. Just content that, yeah, that they're using. I agree. It's not one, uh, one backfill provider. But anyway, they were using legitimate jobs to get people to submit really detailed information, including mortgage debt information, including, uh, you know, marital stuff, uh, I mean, you know, this goes back 10 years when Monster had interstitial ads of companies that were requesting social security numbers. So this is nothing new. It's not going to stop. It's going to continue to go uh, forward. People are going to get scammed. There's a sucker born every minute. But for 2018, Start Jobs was the most visible, biggest jive turkey on the uh, the scam category for me, so uh, yeah, suck it, start jobs. Hopefully, uh, all the backfill providers will cut them off, and they'll be left with nada. Yeah, well, it's the web has always been a place uh, for individuals who just will click on anything or share anything to get their shit stolen, and we've just got to be better as a community overall in how we utilize the web, what we share privacy and understanding just because we're applying for a job doesn't mean that they get all of our details, all of our info. And I think, you know, we're going to see more regulation around that. We're going to see some regulation in California drop in 2020. That's actually stricter than uh, GDPR in and around Europe. So um, this is going to change, but we have to ourselves, we have to control and try to police our own industry and this is where we've got to call assholes like startjobs.net out and we have to put them on the front page and hopefully get them shut down if they don't uh, change how they do business yeah i think to me to me they're not part of the the industry but they bring everyone down with them which is sort of the sad thing like you know one scammy job site brings down every job site from the most legitimate to the least legitimate or niche site out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, and it wasn't, uh, once they got the information, the, the real problem was the barrage of marketing that the people who gave the information over uh, sort of suffered after that. So there was constant emails, it was constant barrage of text messaging, mm-hmm. which we've talked about in the past is, is having, you know, some challenges in the future. They were using uh, 10 digit numbers instead of short codes, which have less regulation. By the way, this funny side story, I get a text this week and it says, hi, I'm your text door neighbor. 
uh, how are you? And I'm thinking, what in the hell is this? So I play along. I want to see if it's a bot. I want to see like what mm-hmm. happened. So I say, I say, who is this? And they say, it's your text door neighbor. Look at your, uh, look at the phone number. So my phone number, the last four digits are 1578. This number was 1579. So apparently there's this new thing now where people are texting one number higher than them and claiming to be their text door neighbor <laughs> and trying to like converse, com- have a conversation or get to know these people. Um, I quickly like shut it off, said, leave me alone. But this is, it's kind of weird, right? What? And it wasn't a bot. It was an actual person. So if you get someone that says, hey, I'm your text door neighbor, <laughs> you know, take my story, you know, for what it's what worth. What the fuck are they? Don't these people have lives? I don't. It was probably a 15-year-old teenager, like, just hanging. Uh, but that was weird anyway. Anyway, all right, back to the jive turkeys because uh, I've got leftovers to eat uh, for lunch. Anyway, uh, my last jive turkey I think was obvious as well career builder <laughs> oh, man career builder no in 18 was just podcasting gold i mean whether it was like laying off people uh people leaving people mad uh postponed or canceled sales trips uh letting matt ferguson go after 14 years as ceo execs leaving you know by the handfuls uh putting a cfo in charge of a tech company and claiming we're gonna innovate uh it was just a bad bad jive turkey of a year for career builder but it was an obvious choice for me yeah well all I have to say is El Chapo. Thank you for El Chapo. That was fucking hilarious because it was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And thank you also, Career Builder, for uh, Pokemon for Jobs. Um, that is is still funny. And we will continue to make fun of you as long as uh, we can think about that. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks so much, Career Builder. Uh, El Chapo. Pokemon for Jobs. That is podcasting gold. Yes, I can't wait. Till you make fun of their Oculus um, <laughs> VR job search technology coming to HR Tech in 2019. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> All right. Any more Jive Turkeys that you have to add to my my list of three? No, I, I want to get on to Amazon, man. All right. What what did Amazon do this week? Ooh, a- Amazon's doing some cool shit. This all comes together in being able to finally get an entry into the jobs market. Mm -hmm. So um, much like we saw LinkedIn bought Linda from um, an educational standpoint, Amazon has this uh, AWS uh, courses that they've put together. And it's pretty fucking cool in what they're doing. I mean, there are 30 hours of training that they've actually pulled together with Audacity uh, in four professional areas, cloud, uh, cloud architect, software developer, operation support, engineer, and analytics and uh, in, in big data scientists or specialists. This is what they need, right? So Amazon is actually trying to pull people into providing free education. You heard this free education because they know that these types of individuals first are in short supply. Number one, number two, they need to get them into positions quickly. So get them uh, educated up. And then, well, wait a minute. What if we create too many of these individuals? We'll get some other companies involved too, sure. like Salesforce, like uh, the was it Cloud Next and Splunk, and there's some other companies mm-hmm. that need these same types of individuals. But Amazon 
is actually making this happen on the AWS side of the house. Um, this is something that you and I have been talking about for a while. I don't believe that individuals should be paying for education, to be quite frank, because they're going to be the tools that actually make money for these companies. And AWS sees this, not to mention, finally, if you're a company that are looking for these types of individuals, you can post jobs for free. What? Free. Job board? Amazon? What? Free. <laughs> yes. Total agreement. And I'll add that, uh, by the way, while you're educating these people, they're probably buying Amazon products and services. They're probably be becoming loyal to the brand of Amazon. They probably would really love to work for Amazon. And by proving that they're really you know, competent in these skills could potentially land a job uh, at Amazon, which really cares deeply about cloud services and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've been calling, uh, and I'll probably just predict it for next year. Cause I did this year and I still <laughs> feel like it's going to happen. You know, Amazon needs to buy Slack. They need to bring, uh, this sort of educational thing into the workplace and, and put in the AWS infrastructure within companies and build an enterprise arm, which could, uh, flow through the Slack interface and platform. So, I know you've heard that before. You laugh at me. Um, maybe this is a step into convincing you that AWS is slowly getting into the enterprise workforce game and that they will be a force to, to be reckoned with along with Facebook, Google, and LinkedIn and slash Microsoft for 2019. Yeah, no, I think we all knew that Amazon was going to get into it. We just didn't know how. I think Slack could be a good delivery system. I'm not sure that they'll do it. I mean, I just, I think that they have infrastructure to be able to build uh, something themselves, but they they could. I mean, they, there's there's no question. Here's the cool part, and, and and you said this earlier. Amazon approaches a lot of these new product areas uh, in pricing competitively or just making it free, right? And the way that this is actually bringing new users to their doorstep. So there's a sizable revenue opportunity in uh, in being able to provide not just something for the masses right to be able to provide qualified talent for positions they need filled asap but mm -hmm. it also once we we've oh, we've been talking about this they also see customers and that's the biggest issue that talent acquisition has i think over the years is they don't see candidates as customers and they don't understand that a negative impact with that brand with your brand means that that individual could prospectively never spend money with you right and, and that's a that's a bad thing millions of dollars or even more could be lost so i think this is incredibly smart on many different levels and, and i'm most impressed and happy to see a company actually step out and say look we're going to provide free education to these individuals to get them into obviously our positions or salesforce positions right and, and who else do you think is going to embrace that that's my question because this is genius yeah i mean to me it becomes interesting when you know let's be honest i mean if you hear someone graduates from the university of phoenix or capella or one of these sort of online you know north Ham new hampshire whatever like you sort of look at it and okay is it is it a real degree 
right? Is it really going to hold water with an employer like a Purdue degree would or Northwestern or, um, you know, a typical college, right? So I'll be really curious because I think Amazon holds a certain level of gravitas with brand uh, trust that, if I go into an employer and I say, "Hey, I have a, I have a, a, I have an AWS or Amazon. I'm an Amazon certified, you know, cloud data scientist mm-hmm. or whatever that might be," does that hold as much weight as saying, "Hey, I have a computer science degree from Purdue"? And I think the day that we get there is a very interesting day. But I think Amazon's going to hold a lot more clout than, say, the University of Phoenix. Yeah, I think at the at the end of this. What we're going to see is uh, the different type of certifications. That's one thing. Um, But also you've got to remember most of these universities are going, if not fully online, full offerings online, because they understand that's where education is going. So to be able to, to, to have partnerships with the AT&Ts of the world or the Amazons of the world to provide and be that educational backbone or, or curriculum backbone, I think is, is important. So yeah, this is, I think this is like not the first step, but we're still early into this. I think you will see some of those big brands from the university side, uh, be a part of these these specific types of uh, educational delivery systems. Well, the times there are changing. Thank God. Uh, let's hear a quick word from JobAdX and talked about talk about LinkedIn. As the best ad tool in the industry, JobAdX has been providing job board publishers, direct employers, agencies, RPOs, and staffing firms dynamic job bidding and real time ad delivery through our programmatic job advertising exchange. When we started, we described JobAdX as AdSense for jobs. Now, we offer much more with Switchboard and LiveAlert, completing our full suite of dynamic programmatic advertising tools with the best of consumer ad tech. Switchboard offers our dynamic technologies to all partner job board feed management, and LiveAlert eliminates latency and expired job ads via email. For more information about any of our ad solutions, please reach out to us at joinus at jobadx.com. That's joinus at J-O-B-A-D-X. JobAdX, the best ad tool providing smarter programmatic for all your advertising needs. There you go. Booyah, JobAdX, bringing it. <laughs> bringing it to the hole hard. Hot take. Oh, I, don't, I, don't know that I, I don't know that I like that statement at all. <laughs> no, that was a little, anyway. It was bad. Uh, if you had the stomach flu that I had, you might be in the same state of mind. Anyway, um... LinkedIn, man, this is this is some good news. You want to start with the blocked emails or the Snapchat competitor? Wherever you want to go with this, because either way, it's going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting. Let's just start with emails, and then we'll we'll follow up with the uh, the the humor okay. of them launching a Snapchat competitor. Okay, so uh, I, I want to say it was a, a year or two ago that there was word. The rumors were buzzing that uh, LinkedIn was going to deny people the ability to download the contact information of their network. Right. Um, I contacted LinkedIn about this. They emphatically said, "No, you can still do this," and it was true. Like they weren't, they weren't, they weren't blocking it or, or stopping that uh, functionality. But everyone kind of knew, like at some point, LinkedIn is not going to let you do this, mm-hmm. and we finally have word of what they're doing. So they're not all. They're not out and out saying you can't download your contacts. However, uh, everyone in their settings is defaulted to not letting people download their information and they have to go in and approve 
or opt in to have their data basically downloaded by their network, mm-hmm. which let's be honest, most people aren't going to do. So, you know, your network of a thousand people, uh, if you wanted to download the information, you might get like two or three actual contacts who are willing and able to let you download their stuff. Um, a lot of people are mad about this. I understand in the recruiting space, certainly in the sales and marketing, this was something that people did and do, but I'm not sure widespread, a lot of people are going to care or a lot of people don't even know that they can download their contacts from LinkedIn. Yeah, and uh, once again, we we take a look at we take a look at just Facebook and Cambridge Analytica, right? And being able to pull all that data from profiles, uh, that that's hard, and that's that's very impactful to be able to, to to be able to tell that story. And I think LinkedIn is saying, "Hey, look, this is the time right now to take a tougher stance on quote unquote privacy." Mm-hmm. And uh, to to really default to the strictest policy uh, is quite you know the opposite of what we've seen from companies like Facebook over the years. I mean, when you start with a Facebook account, it used to be I don't know if it still is, is that your account was wide open, public saw it, saw everything. You had to go into the settings, you had to change those, and uh, it made it much easier for competitors mm-hmm. to go in, scrape up data, or, you know, the Cambridge Analytica's of the world to come in, scrape up data and do whatever they're going to do with it. I guess, you know, did LinkedIn's users know that their contact info was exposed and did they care is one of the questions. Is LinkedIn taking more of a protective stance for their users or is this really more of a defensive posture and they're using the news of the day to be able to do that? That's a lot of questions there. Um, I think that I think most people don't know about being able to download their contacts. I think because mm-hmm. we live in the recruiting world um, that that's sort of common practice. And I think that LinkedIn initially made it possible because you know, when your when your network was you know three hundred people, it was all business contacts, and uh, you know they were dealing with Jigsaw and some other uh, competitors at the time that would allow you to you know like extract your contacts, put them in Act or put them in some like CRM, school, yeah, old school CRM or sales tool. Like that made sense, um, and a lot of salespeople and marketers probably did that, um, but now. You know, the, you, people have thousands in their network. A lot of them, you know, were done 10 years ago. I don't even know this person anymore. Um, and I, yeah, I do think the privacy element of like, uh, you know, just making it harder for people to extract data from LinkedIn um, and making you select like, yeah, I do want my data to be extracted. Um, it's probably a good move for them, but I can definitely see why recruiters would be ticked off, you know, by something like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you pay for seats, they're still shutting that down. Is that is, is that the, the case, too? Or is this just from the, the, the public standpoint? As far as I know, this is just like, OK, like, you know, like you and I are connected on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, so previously I was I could go in and say I want to download all my contacts and I could get your information, which I could get on LinkedIn anyway. Um, in a in a CSV file, and then I could create a spreadsheet with all my contacts and do whatever I wanted with that information. Um, th- basically, you have to now opt in for me to be able to extract your contact information. Okay, and that's even on the uh, paid versions too. Then, okay, yeah, I think this is just your individual network. Not yeah, not like I'm paid and I want to extract all these salespeople and and 
Palo Alto or something. So again, you know, being able to say that, you know, uh, this is kind of using the news of the day. It's it's very Indeed-like, right? So Indeed tells companies, hey, your jobs suck unless you pay me, and then they don't suck anymore. It's kind of the same thing. And this is what I'm hearing is that, hey, we want to we want to make sure that you have strict privacy for your contact information unless somebody over here pays for it, and then we're just going to we're going to make it available. No, I don't think you can pay your way into extracting okay. your your network. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a network wide. People have to accept being able to be downloaded by by someone in their network. I have to have to do some research on that, especially for recruiter seats, because I think that would uh, that would impact yeah. the the actual ROI of paying for a recruiter seat. In some cases, I mean, it's not the entire reason, but still, if I'm buying a recruiter seat, I want access to the data. I also wonder if there are tools out there where. Uh, you can put in multiple account information and maybe like you regularly uh, download all your contacts and it just sort of does that every month or every quarter or whatever, just to make sure that you're getting all those contacts into some mm-hmm. sort of database. Like, I'm sure there are sales tools and stuff like that that will and products that will suffer from this new uh, this new privacy feature. But I can't think of any off the top of my head in, in recruiting that would be in uh, would, that would be negatively impacted by. Uh, what LinkedIn just did. Yeah. And I, I see this is a step, not right. the final step. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, you know, the walled gardens are going up, whether you're Indeed or LinkedIn or, you know, Facebook. Facebook has made a lot of changes to protect its users and probably will make even more mm-hmm. uh, in the future. For example, like their API used to be able to pull uh, coworkers. Right. From, from your data and you can't do that anymore for like APIs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everyone's getting more private and more closed than open. Good thing, bad thing, you know, hell. The pri- individual privacy, I guess it's a great thing for businesses and innovation. You know, it's arguably a bad thing. There'll be a balance there somewhere. Yeah, that's the hard part, right? You've got all these innovative companies that are popping up all over the place who need data to provide a, a service that companies are asking for. Companies are asking for an opportunity to prospectively suck all this uh, relevant data into a CRM or an RMP. And now, guess what? That that could prospectively be you know gone by the wayside. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, it brings back memories of our interview with uh, Sean uh, from uh, Hiring Solved. And if you haven't listened to that interview, the live show from Hiring Hiring Solved or HireConf, yeah. uh, you should. They threw away 29 million profiles uh, from Europe because dealing with GDPR and privacy was just too much of a hassle uh, to deal with. And so I, I see that spreading to multiple vendors and, and people that provide services like that mm-hmm. uh, across the world. I mean, I was talking to Doug Berg from Zap Info. Uh, you know, their solution is if I want to extract someone's contact information, that they're sent an email saying, "Hey, this company wants to extract your contact information. Uh, please click here to approve or not." I mean, I think that's going to greatly deter the number of contact uh, contacts that you can grab. If you have to ask permission from people before you actually do it. Oh, yeah. There, there's no question. And, and how many people are just going to not even reply, just delete that email? Oh, 98 plus percent, probably. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So that company I know uh, and really want to work for, like, I'm definitely not going to let you just take my data. Yeah, yeah. You have to do some some really good email marketing at that point or message marketing at that point, and hopefully that company has a damn strong brand. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough. Well, anyway, uh, so in the more odd LinkedIn news, uh, Mm -hmm. email blocking was not surprising to anyone. Uh, More surprising was. They launched a Snapchat competitor, uh, something called Student Voices, where basically the the goal is to have students uh, provide videos uh, on their newsfeed that disappear after a certain time period. Um, I don't know. I don't really have a comment on this other than what the hell were they thinking? Like students are not going to hang out on LinkedIn and like do Snapchat shit. They're going to be on Snapchat to do Snapchat shit. Yeah. So, and and correct me if I'm wrong. I think, so the content was going to be available for a certain duration within the actual stream, but it was saved on the actual individual's profile. So it's like they didn't lose it, but it was going to be lost within the stream itself. Is that, is that the way it was going to work? Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you the quick summary here. So LinkedIn begins testing student voices, what they're calling it. Um, it's a stories like feature, which you're seeing either on Snapchat or Instagram or face Facebook. You're seeing stories all the time. Um, this is targeted to college students. So it lets users post short videos, which are added to their school's campus playlists uh, the videos disappear from the playlist after a week, but remain on the uploader's profile. I got nothing, man. It seems like a lot of development time. And I understand what, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense what they're trying to do. They're, they're trying to attract a, a demographic that they prospectively right now are not attracting or they could prospectively lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, we talk and we're going to talk about Facebook and and how you know certain demographics aren't using Facebook and, and other are how from a LinkedIn standpoint does that work um, do you turn into a snapchat or does that really devalue the overall professional platform itself I mean I guess they're taking the the gamble that it's not devaluing at all we're, we're not getting these kids possibly we actually have some live footage <laughs> from uh, student voices um, platform All right. Where there's no crickets is our sponsor, Sovereign. Let's hear a quick word from them and talk about the end of Facebook. What? Sovereign is known for providing the world's best and most accurate parsing products. And now, based on that technology, comes Sovereign's artificial intelligence matching and scoring software. In fractions of a second, receive match results that provide candidates scored by fit to job. And just as importantly, the jobs fit to the candidate make faster and better placements. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. I, I do want to take it to dinner. I just don't know where we would go. That's exactly what I'm getting. Facebook has been under fire this year. Yeah, uh, we don't have to rehash everything, but there's they there's been a lot of talk about people are going to leave Facebook in droves. I've I've basically said that's total garbage. People will stick around. They don't care. Yada yada. Well, apparently people do. Um, Pew 
reports this past week that 44% of Facebook users in their 20s have deleted the app from their phones. Uh, You shared a story uh, from Gizmodo that said one in four Americans really have deleted Uh, Facebook's app from their phone. Yeah, obviously it's taking a toll. I think... You know, what we're seeing now in in our streams on Facebook is as much different than what we're seeing on on LinkedIn or maybe Twitter, you know, from from one side to the other. And for some reason, some people felt safe at Facebook and having conversations with friends and whatnot. And then uh, the next thing you know, all this trash has been shared. And then after, you know, the, the, the FUBAR election and all that other fun stuff, there's just uh, there's no trust in, in some cases. Uh, it also said that 42% of the people who were, were in this, in this uh, survey had taken several week breaks from Facebook. So it wasn't just people deleting. It's also people who are like, you know what? I'm taking a break from Facebook. I'm going to take the month off. And I've heard people say that I took the month off of from Facebook. And that doesn't bode well for Facebook because once you're away from it and you you kind of break those chains, you really don't feel like you need to be there anymore. It gives you that nice little breadcrumb to just delete the damn thing or just stop using it entirely. Yeah, I'm torn by the whole thing. Um, I mean, so there's stuff coming out that, you know, kids that are on social media are more depressed and suicidal than those, you know, who aren't. And there's, you know, stuff coming out. uh, I think it was the CEO of uh, Salesforce who said that uh, social media is the cigarettes of our (laughs) time, right? Like it's deterrent help. So there's there's huge under fire the stuff. But then I think like I don't feel more depressed because of social media. I feel like it brings me closer to my family and people I like generally, then it's a bad thing for me. Um, And then I also think like, is this generational, right? Like, so my generation will be like the Facebook people, like we'll age, like we'll be 80 years old, still on Facebook sharing stuff. And like people in their twenties, Facebook is for old people like us. So they're going to have their thing, which I guess is going to be Snapchat. Now, Instagram is also their thing. And we've Mm -hmm. talked about that, but Instagram is owned by Facebook. Yeah. So most of these kids don't even know they're on Facebook technically because oh, I'm on Instagram, not right. Facebook. Um, and then the next generation coming up, like my kids, they won't be on Facebook or Snapchat. They'll be on something else. They'll be on their VR headsets or they'll be <laughs> doing whatever. Like I, I just think generationally these things are going to like come and go. Um, and as a business, that's really risky because, uh, you know, yeah, we're good until these guys get old and we're not cool anymore. I think that link, I think that LinkedIn has an, a unique sort of brand in that theirs is their brand is the professional network. So if you're 20 looking for a job, you better be on LinkedIn mm-hmm. because that's, those are the people that are going to give your jobs and your promotions and introduce you to people. So I think, you know, to me, LinkedIn is in the catbird seat of social networking for long-term success because of their brand of its work, its professionalism. It's, it's how you make connections in the business world. It's not where you share, you know, cat videos and, uh, holiday pictures from family. Yeah. 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 So 
also 12% of users over the age of 65 reported deleting their accounts. So 44% in their 20s and only 12% over the age of 65. So yeah, what you're saying is I think true. It's something that uh, that you know you get into a routine, um, not to mention it makes it easier for grandma and grandpa to be able to, to, to share pictures and to see pictures uh, of the kids, uh, of the swim meets or, or whatever it is. But there's going to have to be some type of an evolution. And we've seen Facebook really push their stories hard, right? Because they want to try to evolve, evolve and to, to start to capture or maybe keep in some cases uh, those lower demographics. Uh, but it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be hard. And I mean, the news stories that we've seen over the last uh, couple of weeks where you know we saw they 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 knew what was going on they knew that the the information was being leveraged i mean that doesn't help either so you've got all of this non-trust going on and it's like you know what screw it I, i'm just gonna stay on twitter or kids are just gonna stay on snapchat or what have you yeah and also i think it it, it justifies facebook getting more into work because a lot of the you know a lot of these age, these these generational divides, if it's just for fun, yeah. it is going to hurt them. If they become more of a utility for work, I think that pulls younger people in just by necessity, uh, similar to what um, Facebook is doing. They'd, be, they'd better evolve quickly um, because right now more of a marketplace for SMB jobs uh, that's just not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. So they're going to have to evolve into something much different on the work side than what they are today. And, and, you know, breaking away with that, uh, URL work, the workplace URL versus Facebook, uh, URL could be helpful, but I guess we'll have to see, they're going to have to evolve quickly. Maybe even who knows, uh, make a dramatic change in that segment, because if it looks like Facebook, it feels like Facebook, it's still fucking Facebook. It's still fucking Facebook. Yeah. Um, do you want to do the money rundown or you want to send people to the shred? We definitely want to send people to the shred. You got to go to the shred because guess what? Last week we talked about Wanaloo or Wanalo, sorry. They need they need to use that $32 million to change their fucking name because it's horrible. Uh, Wanalo and Workable got big cash last week. Um, that's on the shred, uh, a rundown of that. And we'll do a shred this week on Zenjob, who received uh, a huge amount of cash. And in, in Border as well, uh, yeah. who we haven't... We don't talk about onboarding very often, um, but I, I interviewed these guys a couple years ago and they bring sort of a really cool automated solution mm. to onboarding. So um, maybe we should talk about them at some point in the future. But yeah, we, we tend not to spend too much time on the weekly show with just, hey, here's who got money, unless it's a big deal. We do that on the shred, which you should be subscribed to um, for the show. So I say we jump right to the uh, scary as hell uh, robot that's being developed for recruiting. Fur Hat Robotics plus TNG Group, which is a, a recruiting firm, are creating this scary, bust-looking robot that I guess will just sit on the table and 
when people walk in, it will interview you. That's what I got from the video. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talk, so we've talked about automation and chat bots and bots and things like that, but that's pretty much been relegated to software. Yeah. That's pretty much been either you, you type, you chat with some, you know, something that, you know, chats back with you uh, via text, maybe audio at some point will be uh, prevalent, but yeah, these, these folks over in Europe, um, you can learn more about it at, I think, tng.se uh, are developing essentially a bust. It's like a mannequin-looking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it has no hair. Uh, it's sort of like if you watched, if you've seen iRobot with Will Smith, um, that's what it reminded me of. Those sort of like slick-looking, uh, the mouth is is digital. Like the mouth isn't uh, manually moved or like the mouth doesn't move. Mm-hmm. The face like a mannequin and then it's digitally moving its mouth and its facial features um so i don't i guess you go to like a retail environment and just sit down with this thing and it would ask you questions really creepy shit but yeah this is coming this is happening supposedly the world's first unbiased recruiter robot yeah i mean this just it gets creepier and creepier every (laughs) single day yeah, you got to, guys, you got to see this video. It's so scary yet sort of fascinating at the same time. We'll put a link to it at chadcheese.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, crazy stuff, man. It's podcasting is getting fun because the world's going crazy. The world is going nuts. And I can't wait. Uh, this week, we're going to talk to Peter over at TA Tech, Peter Weddle, about circa 2118 to find out exactly what's going to happen in the next hundred years. I don't know if I want to have that interview because I'll be like sad. <laughs> I soon anyway. So to hell with it. Yeah, no, I'm living till 100. <laughs> what's up with the environmental report? That says by 2040, like we're toast and we're just, we're just shoveling that thing under the bed. We're just going to ignore it anyway. (laughs) You know, I, you're going to believe in what you want to believe in. And if you believe that a bunch of scientists got together because they felt it was in their best interest to say that uh, global warming was happening, then you're, uh, you're in an interesting type of boat nice yeah boat good word um yeah well when 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 my my house here in indiana becomes beachfront property um i'll be a believer for sure yeah i don't think you're gonna have to worry about it i think uh the beaches of miami and those types of uh areas will probably have to worry about it i would agree venice venice already has people are walking around in water it's crazy all right dude uh i can't take any more we out Hi, this is Stella Cheeseman. Thanks for listening to the Cheese and Chad podcast, or at least that's what I call it. Anyway, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, that silly Android phone thingy, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to give Bucket some money to our sponsors. Otherwise, I may be forced to take that coal mining job I saw on Monster.com. We out. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, 
thought leaders and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.